Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Ephesians, the third chapter tonight. I just want to talk about a few things. May it take me but just a few minutes. Believe no, no one when an Anderson says that. But anyway, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> praise the Lord. Did I tell you where to go? Ephesians chapter three. Yeah, Ephesians chapter three. Look here in the fourteenth verse. It says, "For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named." That he would grant to you, everybody say grant to me. That he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length, the depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen i just want to look at just a few things tonight and this this kind of jumped out at me today in verse 17 that you that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height uh, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge and you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, being rooted and grounded in love. You know, our roots supply what? They supply uh, uh, roots to a tree do what for that tree? They supply, the first, they, they, they supply life. They also supply uh, 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 nutrients, but they supply, I just went blank on the word I'm looking for, a foundation, a secure foundation. You know, I, uh, recently, I, I, well, not recently, for the last while, and I've started back again now that it's gotten a little cooler. It's not quite as uh, hot to be outside. I'm not a, a fan of hot summers here, but anyway, I'm in the wrong place, aren't I? But, <laughs> but uh, going out to uh, San Velasco, and I love to ride my bike out there, and um, uh, there are several trees. There's about 20 to 30 miles of trails, that uh, mountain bike trails I like to go on out there. And there's several places where you've got areas where large trees have fallen over. There are some that, that are, are taller. The roots, as they've fallen over to the ground, the roots are exposed, and they're, they're taller than me, me reaching as high as I can. They actually reach further up into the air. And it's just amazing to see the root structure of some of these trees, these giant oaks that are out there. And obviously these roots have gotten weakened and, and not allowed the tree to, to, and haven't anchored the tree to the ground the way that they should. But roots, and when they're functioning properly, they'll supply life and nutrients and nutrition. But it's an anchor. It's something that, that grounds that tree, that holds it in place, that locks it into where it needs to be. And, you know, the love of God is the thing in our life that we're to be rooted and grounded in. It's what holds us steady. It's what holds us steady in every situation, every circumstance. The love of God is huge. It is a foundation uh, element in our life. And I, I don't know about you, but I am glad for the love of God. Amen. And I just want to talk tonight about a few minutes just about the love of God and, and, and about this. Of course, these scriptures, you know, are not talking about our loving one another. While we know that's good, can I get an amen in the house? We ought to love one another. But it's talking about God's love for us. 
And, uh, you know, just recently, it's just something that uh, has been just once again stirred up in my heart, just how much God cares for us, how much he loves us. And, and you know, I know sometimes it's something we, we, people talk about and we think, oh, yeah, we, I know that, I know that. But the love of God is the, our foundation in life. God's love for you is your foundation in life. Are you listening to me? His love for you and, and, a, and a reality of, of how much he loves you, how important you are to him, that is a foundation when the storms of life come, because storms come to everybody. But to it, the love of God is a sure foundation for each of us. No matter what comes, the love of God will hold you secure. Amen. The love of God will hold you secure. Amen. It's where our nourishment, our strength comes from. And so uh, we want to, to also, you know, look at some things. Go with me to... Um, uh, to Ephesians, you're there in the third chapter. Go to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians the first, the, the first chapter. Praise God. Just look at a, a few things here, and and um, uh, to just just kind of remind us of of the what a good deal we have. Amen. In Ephesians chapter three, it says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ." Just as, just, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to, his, to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You know, this, this, uh, uh, the love of God, when you look on these things and begin to, to look at this, it really is an amazing thing uh, to, to understand. Really, I don't think we will ever fully understand the love of God and how, how he sees us. But this scripture, these scriptures say that uh, he chose us, uh, verse 4, whom just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, uh, goes on to say that, in verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. I'd say the love of God is something that it's a choice that God has made about you and I. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that, that God, when he makes up his mind about something, he doesn't change his mind. Right? I don't know about you, but that, that's a blessing to me. Have you ever been in a situation where maybe you thought that maybe God might have changed his mind about you? This week, anybody. I mean, you know, we have things that come. And, you know, uh, it, it is one of the areas that if you'll notice that the enemy likes to challenge us on on a continual basis is how God sees us. And, and he does that through a lot of different aspects. You know, he does it about, through a lot of different ways. But it a lot of times comes down to the fact that he wants to challenge whether or not God is happy with you, whether he loves you, whether, whether uh, uh, um, you know, uh, how God is viewing you at this moment. As if, you know, to, to justify or to, to convince us that we can't have what the word says we can have. God has made a decision. Now, now of course, you know, the, the, the other side of it is it is important that we live the way that we should, and we will give an answer for how we live. So we're not saying that, that you just do whatever, obviously. But it is interesting, and it's a good thing to know that God has made the decision to love us before the foundation of the world, and he calls you accepted in the beloved. I am grateful that I am accepted in the beloved. Whether anybody accepts me or not, God has accepted me in the beloved. Whether anybody chooses me or not, God has chosen me before the foundation of the world. I am accepted. Amen. And you are accepted. 
just imagine what the world, how the world would be in the life that people would experience if they could just know that and live confident of that, that they've been chosen by God. <laughs> Praise God. It is a foundation for our lives. The love of God. The love of God is so, so big. It's so important. And, and you know, it really applies to every person that's here tonight. It's a result of his choice. You didn't earn it, but he chose to love you. Think about that. The love of God was not something that we had to earn. Now, we do have to accept it. We do have to respond to it. But the fact that, that, that his love is there is because he chose for that to be there. You know, we're ending this year and we're heading into a new year and, and people always want to make a fresh start as a new, as a new year comes and go back and reflect on the year that they've had. Well, no matter what's going on, God has chosen you and you don't have to earn it. You didn't have to earn it and you don't have to earn it tomorrow. You don't have to earn it. If it ever gets to a place, whether it be it's walking in the, in the provision of God or enjoying his fellowship, and you get into a place where the enemy is trying or life is trying to bring this pressure as if you've got to earn something, you're, you're, you're on the wrong ground. You don't have to earn anything. It's already been done and decided. His love is there. It has been established before the foundations of the world. I mean, I don't understand how God works. I don't understand how he does all this. Even in the beginning, Adam and Eve, you know, when Adam and Eve messed up, you, you would have thought he'd have just said, all right, we're going to start over with a new bunch, right? It's going to be Tom and, and Edna, or, or, or Sister Edna's not here, or, uh, you know, or, or it'll, be, it'll be Joby and Brittany. Joby and Brittany could have been, we all could have been descendants of Joby and Brittany. Don't we think like that? Something is, is wrong and we just scrap it and move on to the next? Really, it's our culture that we live in. It's more like that today than any other, any other point. If something doesn't work out, if it's not just exactly what you're looking for, it is so easy to start over with something else. I mean, you, you know, just you, I, you use something to take it back to Walmart. Well, that's not exactly what I want. I'm going to start all over. I mean, that's just our culture. You know, that's not God's culture. That's not the way he does things, and that's a blessing to me. Because there have been many times, had God done things the way I do things, or we like to think that he'd have started over, I'd have been left out, <laughs> right? And so, you know, in the very beginning that, 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 that God decided, even though that uh, Adam and Eve had sinned and mankind had gotten, had gotten messed up, he decided to continue with the direction that he started. Why? Because he saw you and I. It's amazing. The reason why he did it is because he did it out of love for us. It wasn't just something I'm just going to, you know, some people are just stick to it kind of people. They're going to do something because they just make the decision to do it. You know, I know my parents have talked about it, getting married young, having kids very young, and, and the odds were against them. And they just dug their heels in, and we're going to make this work just because we've decided to make this work. Now, thank God the grace of God was there as well, but that was just part of their personality, and it still is part of their personality. Y'all pray. They dig their heels in, this is the way it's going to be, Right? And, and that's wonderful, but that's not, that's not God. It's, it, it, there is a dig your heel in part of, of God. He's a faith God. I mean, he, he, he operates on faith. What he believes, that's what he expects, and that's the only option he goes for. But it wasn't just a dig your heels in decision. It was a decision that was very personal. He saw Ray Kittles. He saw Debbie Kittles. He saw you. He saw me. Why didn't he start over with the next bunch? Why didn't he start over with Joby and Brittany? Because he saw us. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for that. 
The love of God is our foundation in life. It is our foundation. It is our foundation. And it's something that you don't earn. It's just been given to you by God. Amen. Thank God for that. In James chapter 1, I know it's a scripture we all know. It says, every good gift and perfect gift is from, a, from above and comes down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. There is no change or even a hint of a change. There's no change or even a hint of a change. Well, I know there's been many times in my life where uh, uh, there has been opportunities for some hints of change, but God hasn't done that. Amen. Go over to Romans chapter 5. Romans the fifth chapter. Praise God. Praise. I know I'm not the only one in the house who can say that, right? <laughs> Romans chapter 5. Praise God. You know, really, this awareness of the love of God is really the foundation, your fellowship and your communion with him. That's why you can come boldly before the throne of grace, obtain help, you know, in time of need, or just hang out with your father because you know he accepts you and he loves you. And he may not love everything you're doing, but he loves you regardless, right? It says in uh, uh, Romans chapter 5, we're going to look here in the 8th verse. It says, but God demonstrates... His own love towards us, and with that, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The Message Bible says this. It says, but God put his love on, line, on the line for us by offering his son in, in sacrificial death while we were of no use to him. We were of no use whatever to him. If he did that when we were of no use to him, why do we get to the place where we feel like we've got to earn it now? He did it when we were of no use to him. He decided to love us before we could do anything for him. Before we could even say thank you or even respond, he chose to love us. Now, this is, this is, this is an elemental truth, but this is, like I said, it's a foundational thing that will keep us steady when things come in our lives, whether they're storms of our own making or the storms of somebody else's. Can I get an amen? You ever been in a storm and, and you realize the source of the storm was your own knuckleheadedness? Right? You know, it's one thing to, to, I've been here before when something comes and it's some, it's, it's the result of somebody else that I'm going through a storm. And it's not hard to question the love of God then, but when the storm happens because of my own decisions or repeated decisions, come on now. I mean, well, it's just one decision. I can see that. But after the 20th time, oh, maybe he's starting to get, I love you, but I'm, oh, watch it, brother. No, he still loves you. <laughs> he chooses to love us regardless. Amen. But being rooted and grounded in these things is, is, is such an important thing. But God put his love on the line for us. Think about that. He put his love on the line. What does that even mean? He put, it, he put his love on the line. Now, I don't, know, we, I don't know everything this means, but you ever put your love out there for somebody and they didn't return it to you? Mm. Doesn't that just sting a little bit? Right? He put his love out there, put it on the line, put it out there, demonstrated his love. Didn't just say it, but demonstrated it. Invested things of great price that were his to show that love. Put it on the line, whether it would ever be responded to or not. He decided to do it. I like this, uh, uh, somebody once said this, uh, that, that God has decided to love you, that he says, I love you, whether you love me or not, I choose you, whether you choose me or not, I pick you, whether you pick me or not. 
That's putting love on the line. And that's what he's done for us. You know, as a, as a kid growing up, I'm sure you guys can remember this. Actually, I made a video years ago in the youth. We will not speak of it. Certain people might get embarrassed in here. But anyway, uh, everywhere in school as a kid and there was somebody you were interested in, you sent them a little note. And before you were to actually act on your uh, interest in them, you sent them a note, do you, I like you, do you like me, yes, no, or maybe? Ever been there before? Before you, <laughs> Sherry's grinning from ear to ear. She still does that. She's like, all right. <laughs> Come on, tell the truth, Sherry. Did you do that? Yeah, all right, all right. I know that, all right. But, you know, God didn't even do that. There was no requirements. There, there was, it was complete abandonment that he chose to love us. And, and you know, uh, it's an amazing thing. There, it's with complete abandon that he still chooses to love us today. You know, I know I said we're coming to the end of the year. No matter how bad it's been, no matter how good it's been, God loves us without abandon. He loves us without reservation. He loves us without a second thought. There is not even a, a, another thought in there. Now, how does that work? Obviously, it doesn't maybe approve of everything we do. A lot of people say you can do whatever you want and God, God's fine with it. Well, we know that's not true. But as far as his love for us, that never, ever changes. Let me tell you this. It's his love for us that motivates him towards us. Our actions, even when they're wrong, God does not necessarily approve of them. And we all have areas to work on, right? But the good news is he's not motivated by those actions. He's motivated by his decision to love us. That's putting love on the line. Mm. Praise God for that. He's made a decision. I love you whether you love me or not. I choose you whether you choose me or not. I pick you whether you even pick me or not. Amen. Go over to John chapter 17. John the 17th verse. Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. I tell you what, the love of God is just amazing. I'm so grateful for what he has done for me. Amen. You know, when, when you get into the, the uh, getting, trying to understand how he sees us and how he looks at us, it's really, it's a hard thing. Like I said, I don't think we'll ever uh, fully understand how this works, but we get some glimpses here and there to the extreme measures uh, uh, to which God loves us. It says here in the 17th chapter in verse, uh, verse 23, it says, I in them and you in me, I in them and you in me that they may be, may be, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know you that you have, know that you have sent me notice and have loved them as you have loved me. Notice that the world, the world may know that you have sent me and that you have loved them as you have loved me. The living Bible says, understand that you love them as much as you love me. Talking about the love of God being a foundation for our own personal lives, that God loves you as much as he loves his own son, Jesus. That's pretty staggering, isn't it? That we all love, well, I hope so. I hope we all love God. We all love Jesus. But our love for him, it does not compare. If you think, if you would think, well, God obviously loves Jesus way more than we do. But you realize that he loves you the same, to the same degree that he loves Jesus. I'd say it gives you confidence when you're aware of these things. Now, this is something I know that we hear, but these things, let this settle in your heart that God loves you as much as he loves his own son, the one that we're celebrating this time of year. 
the Jesus of Nazareth that Pastor talked about, and that this story, the, the most famous story in the entire world, is written about God loves you and I as much as He did Jesus or does Jesus, and Jesus Himself even acknowledged that. That's how God sees us. That's how he looks at us. That's how he, 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 uh, his love for us. And, you know, his love for the human race, all of us, is unmeasurable. It's just unmeasurable. It's, pretty, it's an amazing and amazing and amazing thing. You know, tonight I just want to just stir you up that, that God's love for you is far greater even than, for, than your love for yourself. God's love for you is even bigger than your love for yourself. Uh, it gives you some confidence when you, when, in your approach to him to know that that's how he looks at you. That there's not even a hint of, of, of ire or, or uh, unhappiness with you when you approach. You know, there are a lot of things that in my own life, I know you can say the same thing, things that, that you know, just seem to be... Uh, uh, you know, just maybe a little bit much that we could stretch for, that we could believe for, that we could expect God to do in our lives. Do you realize he wants to do all of those things? The scripture that I love is delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, he wants you, he loves you so much. He wants you to, he wants to give you the desires of your heart. There's not a single thing that he wants to withhold from you. There's not a single area that he doesn't want to fulfill. There's not a single thing that he doesn't want to answer. There's not, a, there's not a, a single area in your life that he doesn't want to be involved and just show his goodness in, in your life. You know, if we'll just open ourselves up to the love of God and let him do what he wants to do, imagine how our lives will look. Imagine how our lives will be different going into 2016. If, the, if going into this next year, the holiday season, going into the next year, you know, that, that we approach things from the standpoint that, that going to our loving Father who desires to do stuff in our life as much as he did his own son, Jesus, on the earth. Imagine how that would look for us in the next year. Hmm, well, praise God. It's a good thing, amen. You're here in John uh, chapter 17 of Scripture. We all know go to John chapter 3. John, the third chapter. Like I said, these are things that we know, but, but uh, they're, they're good for us. Amen. John chapter, John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, you can never look at the love of God and just stay single-minded on yourself. Understanding the love of God will cause you to look at others. It will cause you to look at others because the love of God caused him to look at somebody else and it was you. The love of God, when you're rooted and grounded in it, will cause you to look at somebody else and those are people that we come in contact with. Amen. God loves us. He loves everybody. He loves the world. He loves the world, amen. You know, there's a world around us, people outside of the family of God that God has loved since the foundation of the world, uh, since the beginning of time. Just as much as he loves us is just as much as he loves them. You know, I guess I just also want to take a minute and just encourage you. There's a world around us that still needs us. You know, the holidays can be a really lonely time for a lot of people. It's an opportunity to show the love of God to folks. It's an opportunity to, to, to love on people and to, with, with no expectation. You know, that's one of the hardest things to do is put yourself out there when there is the possibility of nothing being shown in return. That's what love, God, that's what love does. That's what God does. Amen? There, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have ever 
everlasting life. Go over to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy, the first chapter. Is this all right tonight? 1 Timothy chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Verse 15, it says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You know, Paul had such an understanding of, of Paul's such an interesting guy. He had such an understanding of the love of God that in, in, a, in a, also a reality of who he was beforehand that motivated him to move forward. Paul was a murderer. Paul was the worst of the worst. He was a torturer and a murderer, not just of, of, of criminals, but of good people, of, of men, women, and children. This is the people that Paul went after. And he said, listen, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You know, God is, 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 does not look at people with any sort of, you know, it's important we know they didn't look at us with any sort of an ulterior motive or other idea. He looks at everybody from the same way. And it's so important that we maintain that and that we develop that. And that is something that motivates us, amen? Because the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. And when God loves, he gives, so he sends us to do the same thing. And so, you know, ending this year, going into next year, this holiday season, it's about giving. Well, give what's been put in you to somebody else. Put, give what's been given to you into, into somebody else. The other day I was at... Um, at uh, Best Buy, I was with Pastor. We were there buying something. He was buying something and or doing something. I ended up buying something uh, and uh, uh, talking to uh, and didn't intend to buy anything. You know what I'm talking about when you go to go to Best Buy and that old Best Buy devil gets a hold of you. So ended up going to the, buy something. The guy was helping me, you know, and and they began to have some sort of a problem with the register and it wasn't one that they normally use it was in the the computer area. And uh, the guy, he and I had kind of. We're just kind of talking back and forth and messing with each other a little bit, you know, like I like to do. He was a fun guy. And so we were talking, and the register started messing up, and he uh, began to describe this register. I guess he got real comfortable with me. He began to describe how much he disliked this particular register. And he began to use some colorful language about how much he disliked this register and how this register always gives him problems began to say things that probably his bosses at Best Buy would not appreciate. You all understand what I'm saying? And, and, and he was laughing about it and saying, and I just smiled. I smiled the whole time. I just, you know, okay, you know, because he was being funny. Just his language wasn't the best, you know. So I didn't say anything about it. Just went on about our business. He completed the transaction. He said, I just got to ask you a question. What do you do? <laughs> this is a question that I've learned to love over the years because... I get two main reactions. So what do you do? And I said, well, I'm an associate pastor. His eyes got about this big around. <laughs> and he had just finished using this very colorful language, you know, and I'm grinning the whole time, you know. And uh, I told him what I did, and his eyes got real big, and he had a nice gulp. Uh, well, I, I, I feel really bad for what I just said. You know, it's an opportunity for us to show grace to people. Babies cry, we don't get upset when they're crying. Right? Kids make messes in our house, we try not to get angry when they make a mess in our house. <laughs> Sorry, kids. But anyway, 
you know, he, he just, he just, he, he wasn't, he, he just, that's just what happened. And he said, oh, I feel really bad for, probably shouldn't have said what I just said. I said, oh, don't worry about it. It's all right. I said, I've heard worse. And, and so we kind of laughed. Uh, I, I, I'm letting him off the hook a little bit. But it opened up an opportunity. I was able to sit there and just talk to him a little bit about the Lord and begin to just, you know, love on him some. And, you know, listen, God I'm, didn't upset me, didn't upset God either. We're cool. He's cool, you know. And we just began to talk. And it gave an opportunity to just express the love of God to him. Now, he's not here. He didn't come to church. But Showing the love of God to somebody and just seeing them the way God sees them allows the opportunity to either plant or do some watering. Every person is vital. Every person is so important. And so, you know, as we approach people, as we come across people, it's something that, that, that let's not be offended for God's sake because he's just not that offended. You don't know what I'm talking about, right? Well, that's, that, that just, that hits a nerve with me. I'm, as a believer, right? That's just not right. Oh. Realize God chose to love people, even Paul, a murderer of men, women, and children before the foundation of the world. There was none of this, well, bless God, that's just, I'm going to tell you, you know. He just decided to love him. Well, we, we can do the same thing when you come across. Now, like I said, you know, there are times that stuff's got to be dealt with. I got that. But it, it wasn't worth going to his boss about it. It was worth just saying, listen, it's, it's okay. It's all right. I'm not upset. God's, I know him. He's not offended. He's all right with it too. So let, well, it's cool. Let's just, let's hang out for a minute. So we talked. But you know, people realize that their lives are a mess. The scripture in uh, Matthew, go over to Matthew chapter nine. I've always, it's kind of an interesting thing. And, and it's always been something that just kind of neat to me. You know, uh, the author of Matthew uh, wrote these things in, in, the, in Matthew chapter nine. In the ninth verse, it says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew. Imagine how fun this was for him to write this. He gets to add in the gospel in this letter that, that we are still reading today. Inspired of the Holy Ghost, write his own story of how this man, Jesus, changed his life. He said, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in, in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Back in this day, the tax collector was the worst of the worst. Not only were they tax collectors, but they, I mean, let's be honest, nobody loves the IRS, right? You're probably nobody sent a Christmas card to the IRS this year. It just doesn't happen. No one likes the tax man. Well, back then, the tax people were notoriously crooked because they were taking taxes for the Roman government, and almost all of them lined their own pockets. They took a little extra or maybe a lot extra for themselves, and you couldn't do anything about it. It does sound kind of like familiar today, doesn't it, right? They can do whatever, and there's nothing you can do about it. But anyway, the, these guys were notoriously uh, 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 disliked. And so Jesus went to Matthew as a tax collector and then went and sat with many tax collectors and sinners. And this ended the other people. You know, religious people always have a problem with this. You know, let me just say this. I want, if seeing people's problems offends you, maybe you've got some religion in you. Right? If seeing people sin, people who are sinners, that's what they do. 
I, I so appreciate, Pastor, you know, when this year when the, the legislation was written about, you know, uh, uh, rulings in America as far as dealing with homosexuals and, and all that. I appreciate the way Pastor handled it. So many preachers got up and they ranted against homosexuality. And yes, it's sin, but, but God still loves that individual. Remember when we were here, if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it. Pastor was talking about that God will use us as an opportunity to bring them into the church. Why? Because God loves these people. Problem, no problem. God still loves them. And when you see people as somebody, whether they be, it be you know, a tax collector, a homosexual, tattooed. I mean, we, we have all these things that we, we make judgment calls on people, right? If these things cause us to stumble and not see somebody as someone that Jesus died for, then we got some religion in us. Because the religious people of these days, the Pharisees, when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors, collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. The people we see that have the most problems are the ones that need us the most. The people have the biggest problems and have the biggest mess in their lives are the ones that need you and I the most. They need us because we carry the life of God in us. Notice God sent Jesus to show the world that, listen, God loves you as much as he loves me. Do you realize he sent you and I to show the world the same thing? God loves you as much as he loves me. What an awesome thing. We're still doing the same thing that Jesus did all these years later. We're still showing people that God loves loves them just as much as he loves us. He said, those who are well have no need of, of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I didn't come after the righteous. I didn't come after those that, of course, we know. Everybody needs him, but there are people that feel like they don't need Jesus. But see, God came after those that, 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 that have uh, uh, the most stuff going wrong, those ones that Jesus went after. You know, I, I'm, I'm always, when I think about this, I'm always mindful of just different ones that God has moved and, and has done things in their life and changed their lives. It's so important that we remember who we were before we met Jesus. Now, I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I, I got born again really young. Got filled the Holy Ghost at five. But I still made a lot of mistakes since then. I can't say that God has loved me the whole time. But some of us have even other, other areas where we came from other things. And, and God has chosen to love us. It's our foundation, but it's also the foundation that causes us. Trees not only do things for themselves to grow, they also provide shade. They also provide uh, cover in a storm. They also provide shelter for other creatures and other things. That's what they, they also provide a home for other things. Right? So it's not just about us, but it's also about what we're providing something. The love of God is our foundation for our own lives, but also to help us extend our branches out. You know, to put your branches out into this world is going to require an understanding of God's love. Not just for you, but for somebody else. Because when you put your branch, when a tree puts out branches, it requires effort. It requires, it, it requires putting itself out into areas that it hasn't been before, right? We have been called to do the same thing, amen? It's our role. It's our place. It's our, it's our, it's our, uh, uh, it's our greatest honor. It really is our greatest honor. 
I know we read this, we've read before the scripture around here. You're in Matthew. Go over to Matthew chapter 14. You're already in Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. This is the account of the, the feeding of the 5,000. You know, I always have to mention when I read this that this happened right after John the Baptist was beheaded. This was in a moment of great personal loss for Jesus. This was something that was, was this was a, he, you know, the Bible says he was tested in all ways like us, yet without sin. He was tested in every area like us. He lost people very close to him. I mean, pastor said this morning that, that uh, uh, um, Joseph wasn't mentioned. Maybe Joseph died after that. Maybe, maybe his earthly dad that, that served as his earthly father, maybe he wasn't around after his 12th birthday. Who knows what happened? We don't, we don't know. There's not, it doesn't mean that he necessarily fell away. Maybe he did, and maybe, maybe he began to question these things. Maybe something just happened to him, and he wasn't there. But see, Jesus was acquainted with loss and with, was acquainted with, Jesus was acquainted with, absolutely. Why? Because he was in this world. He was in an imperfect world, and he interacted with this imperfect world. And John the Baptist was beheaded. And so uh, Jesus was in a point where there was all kinds of personal uh, uh, loss, and he was very close, and someone obviously was important to him. And in verse 13, it says, When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by, to be by, or to a deserted place by himself. Even he wanted solitude. Even he wanted an opportunity to be alone. Have you ever just wanted an opportunity to get away from everybody when stuff's going down, right? Just an opportunity to be away from everything. That's what he wanted. He went to a place to be by himself, but when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and notice he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. He was moved with compassion for them. What is that? The love of God, that foundation in his life caused him to do something. I just want to encourage you tonight. Listen, God loves us. You know, this holiday season, you know, the, the greatest, people say the greatest demonstration in love was God's love is when Jesus died. No, it was in Jesus' birth. Birth is when he demonstrated his love, when, when he actually, actually put it out there and manifest, and, and, and the, the plan got underway, so to speak. It wasn't in the death, burial, and resurrection. That was wonderful, but it was in Jesus' birth. Several years ago, we were in Africa. You know, I jumped, went bungee jumping. By the time I got to the, the platform to jump, I'd already made my decision. It's when I paid my money. When I gave him that $100 or $200, whatever it was, to jump, I had made my decision that I was going to go through with it. When Jesus was born, the decision was made. The plan had been established. And Jesus, from that point, went on to do the will of his Father. Even when he was tempted, he said, not my will, but your will be done. He went ahead and went through it. And so the sacrifice, though it was great on the cross, the biggest sacrifice was him even agreeing to come here in the first place. You know, he could have said No. The Father loved us. Didn't say Jesus necessarily did. We know that he did, obviously, because he said yes. But he could have said no, just like he could have said no on the cross. I could call, you know, a, a legion of angels to come get me down. You don't take my life. I lay it down. But he laid it down the day he was born, when he agreed to this. You know, uh, uh, what was I saying before I said all that? I don't even remember. It's true. Steve's like, I don't know either. Where was I at before I said that? I need to edit this part out. Listen to the sermon. When you listen to it later, there won't be any of this pausing in here. It'll be perfect. Well, anyway, the decision's been made. 
And so, you know, as we move forward, let's make a decision the rest of this year, going next year, to really stretch ourselves in this area. To, to listen, is there something you're believing for, something you're expecting for, whatever? Listen, there's nothing withholding it from you. There's nothing, there's no reason that, that God's withholding something. It's all yours. It all belongs to you. But people you come into contact with, listen, God loves those individuals. When you're in the stores the rest of the, the, the season, listen, God loves it. even the cranky waitresses. God loves the cranky waitresses. Mike Bauer says, amen. Yeah, he loves those, the waiters and waitresses. See people the way God sees them. Be motivated to do something on their part. It might be just extending some grace. It may be, you know, go out of your way to extend grace. That's a good thing to do. Go out of your way to extend grace. But go out of your way to make people at ease that, listen, it's all right. God still loves you. When they're at ease, they hear God loves you and is interested in you far more than they do when they're uptight. <laughs> all right? I mean, the guy's countenance changed once after he went from the very awkward stage of, oh, oh, you're a preacher. Oh, I'm really sorry. And then when I said, it's all right, he completely relaxed, and our conversation was great after that. But had I been insulted by it, we wouldn't have gone anywhere. Show love. Show love. We're here to express this. Listen, God sent Jesus to demonstrate love. That's what we're here doing as well. Amen? I about you, but I'm grateful for the love of God. I'm grateful for his compassion. I'm grateful for his grace. I'm grateful I don't get what I deserve. <laughs> I'm grateful I don't get what I deserve. I get what Jesus paid for. Amen. I give what Jesus decided to do for me, what God did. Amen. Well, let's all stand. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.